This is Offspin. You have to sell yourself without selling yourself. That is probably the biggest skill nobody can teach you, but you must learn to do it. And for that, you must have something valuable to say. That's when you sell yourself without selling yourself. And valuable and useful to say. So, it, I mean, it takes time. And the, the, the key point in all this is, we, I keep saying it takes time. But the most important thing is... This is that Offspin original you've all been waiting for. It's time for Let's Get Rich with Patu. Today's episode ties into two things that we've spoken about in detail on this show. And these might be opposing thoughts or thoughts that don't immediately make sense, but give me a moment, right? Remember on that episode where we spoke about calculators and entering your figures and goal setting, right? Uh, the overwhelming response was, I mean, quite literally, uh, that it was overwhelming for most of you. Um, and the simple thought was, this seems unattainable. How will we ever make these numbers given our current situation? So that's one thought about how once you put in numbers into that calculator, things look so overwhelming. The second thought is, if I can bring this in also on the real estate episodes, is where we spoke about how investing in real estate for rental incomes really doesn't seem to make sense, right? And, and even if you do, whether it's to live in or whatever, you must be very aware of how it affects your retirement corpus. And thirdly, and that's now when I'm going to reveal the topic of this episode, is an overarching idea on this show always, but two has been, how you need money to make money, right? Um, and having said all these three points, today's topic is about secondary income, side incomes, and how it can be a really powerful tool in achieving what this show is all about. So, Patu, where do we start to unpack this entire topic of secondary incomes and side incomes from? Yeah, so I think uh, there are two points that we should be very clear about. One is that when people are referring to secondary income, many of them are wanted immediately. Mm. That's my feeling. And uh, they have a low income, the salary is low, their uh, other means of income is low, and they want to supplement it in some way. And this supplementation should be done as soon as possible. So uh, they do things like they bake, they, you know, they bake, they take tuitions, or they sign up on Fifers for s s mini gigs and so on. Um, that's all fine. That's absolutely fine. But that is an income that's that you're going to get immediately. And the quantum of income is not going to be too much because it's, you know, essentially eating up your time and there, your time is only uh, so much. Even if you're willing to do the work, you can only put in so much time. That is so. And what we would like to talk about is an income that, you know, will uh, supplement your retirement corpus. Exactly. And will essentially uh, keep you active uh you know in in maintaining a website or uh, any other uh thing that you're using to channel to you know build that income or you will be actually using that as a source to you know uh, consult uh, or find a means of active income as well and this is something that you have to build over time it takes a lot of time to identify what you can do and several years to actually establish and so on 
that is what i think uh, we should focus on sure what uh, to but don't you think somehow that even that immediate income is tied into our future because for the sake of argument say if you know the shortfall is 10000 15000 rupees per month to attain that desired retirement corpus then in a sense it is also long term right if you think about it that way true uh, see yes absolutely because once you start let's say you you sign up on fiverr and you take up gigs on you know uh, editing plugins or you know editing themes or something like that some many many jobs the more you take up these mini mini uh, uh, you know jobs the more you become an expert on it and uh, so with time you will be able to guide other people so mm. precisely what you're saying so what i would like to talk about is this when when i say this income is going to supplement our retirement corpus you should be seen as a expert in some area mm. where people come to you or they buy your products or uh, you know pay to read your articles view your content etc so yes it's tied in the vast majority of our audience but two is at the start of the investing journey right um you know this is the first time perhaps in their life that they are in a full time job uh it's pretty much morning to evening it's a dedicated job and there's also a lot of controversy on moonlighting but to i mean it's been in the news last few months uh industry leaders talking about it very openly now it's becoming a global hr issue as well so there's so many different aspects to this which are quite interesting to talk about but a person at the start of his career or her career Do you think it's too early to start thinking about this and should they just put their heads down and focus on what they're doing or should the thought start right at the beginning? Um uh, it depends. See, uh, for a person who is uh, quite well educated, a couple of degrees, a UG and a PG and so on, there's not much more he can he or she can learn uh, except maybe some specialized courses. But if you think that you can learn something specialized uh because of some new fad or something and that is going to help you in your primary job uh, get a promotion or you you can jump to another company saying i've got this kind of certification etc whatever it is uh, then i think that is the best way to focus uh, thing on so you can actually uh, enhance your primary income uh what i would like to talk about is somebody who has been in on in a job for 10 15 years that kind mm. of you know uh they they know that they're going to plateau in a few years right that happens to everybody the I, i mean and they may not even like what they're doing there are so many people who hate their jobs mm-hmm. but they know that they have to turn up to uh, turn up for work so is there some way they can meaningfully spend their time instead of you know okay saying uh, i'm too tired i'm going to you know just watch something on ott just watch some sport instead of that can can you do something meaningful with your time that is actually creative and that is i think the most important driving force uh, in my opinion uh, is when once you are creative and helpful that is the ideal combo money doesn't matter i mean it, it will come in eventually but that is when you feel happy what, what the japanese would call uh, ikigai you know heading towards that ideal mix of being helpful being contented being you know wealthy etc so we can inch towards that only when i think we uh, are creative and helpful such a nice way to put it but you have a you have a way with these words if you try to be creative and helpful at the same time it leads to long term good stuff uh, but yes i think you've also hit on a raw nerve about you know 
I think the vast majority at the end of a long tiring day just like to sit down, put their feet up, watch something on Netflix. Um and they say I'm doing everything I can. Uh and it just at the end of the day doesn't seem to be enough, right? And it's that thought process perhaps that is a starting point of what this episode is all about. Um of course before the episode started but to I did a few quick Google searches and I wanted to know what the common side incomes out there are, right? And of course we're not talking about real estate, we're not talking about uh, investments as such, but there's stuff like blogging and YouTube, social media influencing, online teaching which I think interests me a lot. Um but if you were to marry these two worlds of, you know, creating content that helps someone and um and you know using these online tools do you think it all starts from first doing what you're passionate about and enjoying yourself first absolutely uh, that is where many people get it wrong if you look at these uh, social media forums or on passive income or personal finance wherever they say i want to make money i want to make money online hmm. and i think that's a very very poor idea that's like putting the cart before the horse you can't say uh, making money is your goal that's that that's never that never works of course uh, all these uh, marketers they'll say i did this much that much and and, and uh, you can make this much money and so on i think that's where the people think that it's easy to make it and yeah. it's going to uh, most people don't appreciate that anybody who says that uh, you know uh, i'm an expert in uh, online income or passive income or marketing or whatever you want to call that m- much of their journey has been accidental i would say and uh, i think most of all they themselves should appreciate it that that it has been accidental including me i mean the popularity of free fin cal if i can call it that it's just accidental it's i mean nobody knows when you start out that it's going to be uh, you know uh, uh, worth doing uh, or you're going to reach millions of people or not you you just do it because it appeals to you hmm. and then you hope that it will also appeal to other people so yes i think the first thing to look at is do you really have a skill that others will find useful mm. that is something that we should first talk about of course we shouldn't be uh, uh, you know bottled up by imposter syndrome and say no no i don't but i think you should really sit down and ask yourself what are my skills and people are always learning skills all the time and half the time they they, they don't even know that they're learning it mm. and uh, so for example i i now know how to make a website fast true really fast but i i didn't go about say, uh, saying i'm going to try and learn that it's just that i had to learn it to you know stay afloat because of changes in the uh, you know seo world etc so you, there are always many skills that uh, we have we're going to always learning and we have to list the skills that we have which of those skills we would like to pursue more and mm. which of which of those skills will actually be of use to some people so yeah that's how it starts you know it's uh, you've hit upon a very interesting thing patu because i think it's how you start off right where you start off to be creative and helpful or do you start off explicitly to make money uh and and bolster your income or bolster your investment capabilities because i know for a fact and this is slightly controversial but you see a lot of these ads on youtube or on social media about how join my masterclass join my masterclass on a thousand different topics and i've been noticing this it's a trend for the last 2 or 3 years ever since the pandemic it's been a spurt of these masterclasses right now some people are making a killing doing that um 
and I've known a lot of personal stories of people who've actually paid that seemingly small amount of money and in some cases large amount of money and being thoroughly, thoroughly disappointed by the actual content they go through. And so perhaps they're putting a, a bad name to something that could be a very powerful tool because, you know, by all means, teach and help people. Uh, but I think if the starting point is accidental and you started off because, you know, you had something to give and had something to help others with, then I think it results in something, uh, something useful. Uh, my thumb rule here is if you have to advertise to make money, <laughs> I think you are in trouble. Yeah. And I think you've done, I mean, you, you just want to get rich fast and you're doing it wrong. I think you have to build a community. That is the secret sauce of uh, online income or the uh, the driving uh, tool behind uh, creative creator economy or whatever you want to call it. So that uh, building the trust is going to take years. And because of two reasons. One, it's becoming more and more difficult to to be visible, mm -hmm. right? And uh, two, you yourself may not really be an expert. I mean, you may be interested in something, but you may not have the necessary expertise to, you know, actually help other people. Hel helping other people is is not the same as, you know, writing an article about it or something like that. So mm -hmm. it takes time. But you have to build that trust over time. And I, I believe that you should, you are not ready to launch a product or even make affiliate income or, uh, push a tool until somebody tells you that you are actually good and you should be making money of it. Mm. That I think is the turning when more and more people start telling you that your content is so good that you should not be putting this out for free. That is when you know that you have gone to the next level. That you are kind of ready to uh, you know, start monetizing things. People are always in a hurry to monetize. And this journey, nobody knows how long this will take. You can't guarantee six months, one year. We don't know. And the problem is, just like most people don't uh, complete those online courses you mentioned. They pay money, but most of them don't complete. And uh, in many cases, those online courses are actually, you know, uh, they're used to push other courses. They will yeah. say, 2000 and they'll strike it and say 199 when you but know actually the real benefit is if you take that next course next course so they are pushing from silver level to gold to platinum kind of thing that's just uh that's just really shady and i you know it just irritates a lot of people yeah maybe you make money out of it but you're also gonna uh it's not a good thing to you know uh compartmentalize your skill like that and say i'm gonna just give you that much and so on so uh I just got lost in that. So you, it's going to take time to yeah. build value, which uh, I think the way you build trust and uh, value is by offering your expertise for free. Mm. Many people find this extremely counterintuitive. And I've been talking to financial advisors. And if you look at the articles these financial advisors typically write, most of them are completely wrong. I mean, I'm now talking about financial advisors as an entrepreneur. Mm. We are not talking about uh, the money management aspect. Forget their expertise. I'm talking about them as entrepreneurs where they have to build in a steady stream of clients. The people who are successful are the people who help other uh, you know, investors, individuals without saying, oh, if you want help, contact me. You, they just go all out and help. The more they do that, 
the more you will see other people come to them and say, help me with my finance, I'll pay whatever you want. People so should say, it's that's what yeah. they should. Yeah. It's extremely counterintuitive, yeah. but it works like a charm. It will take time. I mean, I, I, nothing's going to happen, but you uh, immediately. So you have to go out there and offer your expertise and say, I will help you do this for free. The moment you do it, it uh, builds enormous, what you would call social proof. Goodwill, to, yeah. Uh, and yeah, goodwill, absolutely. And people would say, okay, this money, this guy is not after my money. He he knows his stuff. Hmm. Then then things start uh, uh, snowballing. You know, even me. on my personal story, Pattu, in my personal journey, I think I've experienced it as well. You know, there was a phase in my career when I felt so competitive that I had to compete with all, you know, the competing people in my industry. And then a, a, a stage came when I think it comes with a lot of self-confidence as well. When you just go out there and help people, your competitors, etc. And it just leads to so many positive things that, you know, I'd encourage everyone to, by sharing information, you are not limiting your growth. You're only enhancing your growth. And I think that's a mind shift that comes with age, unfortunately. And the sooner you can learn it, the better. So uh, I guess my next question, part two, is we've very well established what the starting point should be. But is there a process that we should try and unpack? What is the process of identifying what I'm good at? What is the process of identifying what I love? Uh, let's take me as a guinea pig. What would you suggest I do next to try and think of secondary income? Um, huh, this identification is a very, very personal thing. Mm. I mean, uh, there are two things I've not noticed in my life. One is... Um, I had a wonderful teacher uh, in my 11th and 12th standard called uh, Mrs. Bina Gokhale. And she was a, she was like, I mean, she can be a terror if she wants to, but she would unravel stories mm. in such a way that you would start wondering, you would just become a character in that story and start, you know, thinking about it so deeply. And it's not just a lesson that you're studying for marks. Mm. Uh, right. And that's when I knew that I'm going to teach. I'm going to be a teacher in my life. That's, uh, I just knew it. I have never thought before, of course, obviously I was 11th standard, 12th standard kid. I've, I've never stood on a stage or never even stood in front of my class doing, uh, you know, extempore, this and that and so I've never done that until my MSc. MSc, MSc was my first time I've actually stood before a stage because I'm, I was not a, a great student in school. I actually flunked a lot of subjects and so on. No but way, I, really? I, absolutely, I flunked five subjects. Uh, at one time, twice or thrice. So I, I, was, a, I was the guy who uh, mothers used to say, okay, don't go, uh, you know, mingle <laughs> with that, mingle with him. So we must do a separate I, episode on your past, but too, on your early days. But anyway, I, I digress. Keep going. How was that yes. first experience on stage? So, yeah, no, no that was different. No, what, what I mean is that was not teaching then, but I, mm. what I'm trying to say is I knew before I had any experience that I'm going to teach. That's what will make me happy. So it just hit me because it's it is the way it was the content was presented the uh, the lesson was presented to me. The other thing I I uh, I use as a thumb rule is suppose you have some great difficulty in your life, mm -hmm. right? Some uh, big worry, something which you which you have no control over, uh, but it's there and it's troubling you, and it's going to take some time to resolve. Everybody goes through things like that in their life. What activity would help you forget those troubles mm. when you do it? That's what I ask myself. Sometimes I'll, I, for me, it was 
you know, um, working on an Excel sheet, there's something called uh, Lab View, uh, where you automate machines. Uh, you know, uh, I love doing that. When I did that, I would forget all my troubles. The same thing happened with Excel. Uh, I started with Lab View uh, in, for work, and then when I went into spreadsheets, as long as I was doing something on the VBA, something on the Excel. I could forget all my troubles. Of course, it will come back to me when I finish. But during that time, so I knew that's something that I love. I'm getting some Do answers it. myself now that you're putting me on this thought process. So that that's something. So you need so one you need some trigger. That trigger I don't know. It could be a movie. It could be something some relative says, some teacher says, some uh, or it could even be some insult. The I mean uh. Uh, so I think uh, I uh, there was one one thing happened in FreeFinCal. Someone said that X Y Z is an expert on debt mutual funds. I viewed it as an insult. It was not it was not directed to me, but I viewed it as an insult, saying, "Why don't I know anything about debt mutual funds?" So I started digging more and more and more and more. So it's it's these are triggers. You you can't control these triggers, but you just need to watch out for them and. Uh, the other thing is, yeah, this is what I said. Like a thumb rule, use when you are unhappy, when you are having some cloud over your uh, your life. What makes you forget it momentarily? So that's how you can identify things that will make you truly happy. Forget the money. Money will come. I mean, the money is the very just like we say, process first, products last. When in money management, we don't talk about which fund to buy, which stock to buy. That's the very very last step of the planning, right? Similarly, money should be the very last step of this side income or whatever you want to call it, uh, generation. You should find happiness in what you do. Mm. If you're if if something doesn't make you happy, then it'll just be another work. Maybe just like the work that you're doing outside of office, and that's not fun. So. I have to share the thoughts that came to my mind, Patu, as you talk me through that. One is I completely forget about the world when I step onto the green grass and play football, right? And it's been my entire life. From when I was a kid, I cannot describe the feeling of that first few steps on that grass and doing something I absolutely love. Of course, my competitive playing days are over. How do I then perhaps maybe coach some kids, you know? These are the thoughts that are starting. Um, how does that become long-term income? I don't know, right? But it doesn't need to be, as Patu says. That's the, that's the joy of it all. I love talking to people. Perhaps that's why we're doing this. Uh, and yeah, so I think it's that thought process, the personal journey that is so important. And not only, as you said, Patu, in the lead up to this episode, it's not only important that, that it helps with your retirement corpus, but it keeps you active in your retirement, which perhaps is even more valuable than an actual corpus. What do you have to say about that? Yeah, so that's where the professionals, uh, you know, they're kind of... Take it for granted. Professionals like CAs, mm. doctors, they say I'll work for life. They're lucky. I yeah. mean, that is fine as long as you're also investing right and you have enough corpus just in case you're not able to work uh, because of illness and so on. That is absolutely fine. But they take that for granted that they can work for life. And I know many CAs who are in their uh, lawyers who are in their 80s or pushing 90. They still work. They still come to office regularly, see clients. Because they have the name, they have the brand mm -hmm. and people come to them just like that. So uh, that is what the salaried guys don't have because they're working for somebody else. Uh, the, I mean, once the once the retirement party is given and they're sent home in the, in the office cab or whatever, 
that's it. I mean, there uh, for many people, the interaction with the outside world stops. In mm. fact, it happened to my father. And I made a mistake. I, my father asked me, uh, should I work after retirement? But I thought that because he was not, he, he did not have a degree. He did not have a college degree. So I thought, look, what kind of a big job is he going to get? He may be insulted and people may, you know, mm. uh, I don't want my father to be in that kind of a position. But I probably made a mistake because it could have kept him engaged in some way. But I'm saying, okay, you've been salaried all your life. That's absolutely fine. But can you now become a professional, become an entrepreneur after you retire? Mm. But slowly build the community for that when you are in uh, work. You don't need to make any money out of it. Just do it as a, a hobby. Just do it because you're passionate about it. Become an expert. Understand what the community wants. This is the most important thing. You cannot push a product or a service unless you're solving a problem. And that problem should be as unique as possible. If it's not unique, there are thousands of other people, uh, mm. you know, people can go to. There should be a problem that only you can solve. So these are, it can take decades to, you know, build all this. Don't do, make any money out of this when you're employed. And after uh, you retire, you can, you know, you can even retire early if you're lucky. And after 50 or so, you still have 10, 10, 15 good years of, you know, very active work, uh, you know, enhancing this uh, uh, thing that you've built. So it's... I think it's a lovely journey to start and I hope this episode has spurred you all on to some kind of thoughts. Uh, if you all can share those thoughts and let Patu and me unpack them and try and analyze them. I guess the intention of this episode, Patu, is that, you know, the bottom of the triangle is try and get as many people thinking about secondary income in the first place uh, and what they can do. And then as you start reaching the top of that triangle, it's you know, it is what you're passionate at, what you can be creative with and help other people. These are the kind of 10 poles that Patu recommends. But yes, it's a it's a journey that I think everyone should do. Um, you know, it's it's all about finding the drive at the end of a busy, tired day if you're an, a salaried employee. Um, but yes, do please share your stories uh, on what you're thinking about secondary income if you need any help from Patu to kind of unpack that and analyze that. Um, one final question I had noted it down before we end part two what do you think about building IP right um, something perhaps writing a book that can continue to earn for you and your family but perhaps is it for everyone see um, uh, search engines and social media engines they are promoting expertise hmm. right so uh, I think we should build uh, your skills and your community so that you are viewed as an expert in a particular area. Mm. And that's where the branding comes. So um, if you uh, if you type my name in, in Google, M. Pattabhiraman, you can see the knowledge panel on the side. You can see the articles that I've write. Some of them has been engineered. Uh, we can probably talk about that in, uh, in a separate. You, there are ways to engineer it and get Google to notice it. So the one of the best ways to uh, get branded uh, as an expert is to write a book. But it has got, today, writing a book has got absolutely no money. It mm. is, it, uh, I mean, you, it's basically nothing. You get nothing from it. Uh, because Your overheads, everything will cancel off, uh, whatever book you are going to sell. But 
it will if you promote it in the right channels and uh, and put your books in the right uh, places you will be viewed as an expert in an area and that is what builds uh, you know uh, your community and people will come to you people will should be curious to know what does this guy has to say so it all helps but like i said the the moment you take money out of the picture and you say i am going to build my personal brand mm. that should be the aim here and people do it in so so many wrong ways and people say i am your financial coach or i am your whatever uh, cohort leader that's a word i hate cohort that's that's come out so often these days i'm going to start a new cohort and so and they do it it has to be done you have to sell yourself without selling yourself that is probably the biggest skill nobody can teach you but you must learn to do it hmm. and for that you must have something valuable to say that's when you sell yourself without selling yourself and valuable and useful to say so it i mean it takes time and the the, the key point in all this is we i keep saying it takes time but the most important thing is consistency can you come up with a tweet a, a deck of tweets a, a, a video an article once a month once a month that's all you can build there are four weeks in a month you can do the research for three weeks and just create it in one weekend and that's it can you do it month after month after month for 10 years mm-hmm. if you do it for five you're already almost there for the next five you will probably you know compound your community growth so it takes that discipline i mean you, you like it's like building wealth you have to invest 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 like this you have to work on your passion build on it so it's not easy to do amazing like like all investing is nothing is immediate it's a, it's a slow journey Uh, a gold mine of an episode part 2 thank you so much especially for me personally and 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 starting me off on my thought processes for everybody else who's benefited please write in and share your secondary income ideas and your thought process after this episode till we see you again next week please like share subscribe spread the word please share this show with everybody else and perhaps we have some exciting news coming up to announce uh, uh, on where this show is going but we will when the time is right until we see you next week part 2 thanks a ton Have a good week. Take care. Bye bye. You just heard. Let's get rich with Patu, an Offspin original. Isn't it the coolest show you've heard in the Indian podcasting space? And even if it isn't, what's the point of getting rich alone, right? Share this show with those you care about, and perhaps even with those you don't care about. But make sure you share this show with only those who you don't mind being richer than you. The music on this show was created by Patu's biggest fan, Rajesh Ravi, and everyone on the Offspin team had some part or the other to play on the show. Let me name them quickly: Arshdi Nisrani, Krishant Das, Sandeep Banerjee, Arif Chagla, Anand Krishnan, Rajesh Ravi, and Heer Khan. Heer, by the way, is also to be blamed for giving Patu his gangster look, which is how he looks on a daily basis. Um, and me, Sadan, your host. Let's get rich is available on all audio platforms wherever you consume your podcasts so spread the word and we'll see you next week You know we do this show only to help you guys right but if you're listening and you're that one person who has perhaps lost money 
and uh, holding it against Spottu or me for making you lose that money, then not only are you a mean person, but you also need to listen to this legal disclaimer. This podcast is for educational and entertainment purposes only and does not constitute any financial advice. Views expressed are not official positions of financial institutions or Pattu or mine for that matter. Although we strongly believe in them, listen to this disclaimer even more carefully. We recommend consulting a qualified professional before making decisions. We disclaim liability for inaccuracies or losses from using this information in our show. By listening, you agree that the host, guests and producers are not only awesome people, but they are not responsible for your financial decisions or outcomes. This is Offspin. Offspin.